Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Give it a listen. My name is Colin Robinson, and I am what's known as a psychic vampire or energy vampire. This is my office, also known as the hunting ground. Hi, Deb. Energy vampires drain people's energy merely by talking Jeez, to them. Actual versus budget year to date, no thanks. You're gonna be at that all day. We either bore you with a long conversation. I'm feeling better now, I was a little sick this weekend. Hey, Don. Or we enrage you. In fact, you probably know an energy vampire. We're the most common kind of vampire. We are day walkers, not affected by the sun. And we are the only kind of vampire that can drain another vampire's energy. It's very cool. It's very cool, he says. Hi, everybody. My name's Jamie. Do any of you watch this show, What We Watch in the Shadows? Okay, this back corner back here. Awesome. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's a very dark comedy about vampires. It's on Hulu for your viewing pleasure. And uh, I just love this character who is different. He doesn't suck on your blood. He feeds off of your energy and drains you of your energy. And uh, he says it himself in this clip that we just saw, energy vampires drain people's energy merely by talking to them. <laughs> We're starting a brand new series about the power of words. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many of you have been around an energy uh, vampire, maybe in your own life. But we have individuals or situations or places that we might find ourselves in that can begin to drain life away from us. And so over the month of August, because now it's August somehow, I don't understand, but we're going to be talking about the power of words, specifically um, the, the things that we say, our talking, our speech. What is it that adds to the world and what is it that gets sucked out of the world through these powerful words that we say um, and that we hear? Because words have power and they carry energy. And uh, so we're going to take a look at that all month long. I'm really excited about this series. Our words do carry power particularly in this time that we're living in, it feels like there are a lot of words that are uh, very weighty that get thrown around and uh, add to division or add to encouragement, add to insight or add to tomfoolery. And so we're gonna be looking all month long at the power of these words. So here's just an example of some powerful words that you may uh, have heard in your life, maybe recently or a long time ago. And these words all evoke a story. There's stories that, um, come along with our words. If you'll go ahead and go to the next slide for me, please. Uh, I love you. Man, there's stories that come along with these words, whether they come from family, whether they come from a friend, whether they come from a significant other, whether they come from somebody that you want to say them, or whether they come from somebody that you don't want to have say these words to you. These words carry power and they evoke something in us. You're fired. Those words also carry power. Cancer carries power. Help me, vulnerability, this opening into a place, into somebody's life that might be a really difficult place. Yes, the words, I'm sorry, the words, 
Here's a refund, which is a word that I got today. Uh, this was really phenomenal. I got coffee spilled all over me today. Uh, <laughs> Jacob was there a couple, uh, we uh, shot a video for Revive in the City earlier today and got some coffee afterwards. And uh, the server, bless servers. It is a difficult job. I have worked in food service myself. As the server was handing me my plate of gluten-free toast, it caught the straw and the whole glass like just went all over under my seat. So I was sitting in coffee. Uh, man, so I, uh, I got charged for it and then I got offered a refund for it. And man, let me tell you, there's nothing sweeter than here's a refund. <laughs> like those are really powerful words that impact Praise mood. God. Praise God. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you. These are powerful words. Words have power, but it's not just because the word in and of itself carries something. It's because of what is behind the words. It's what comes through the words. It's the meaning behind the things that we say, whether these are words that are positive, whether these words um, are meant to carry harm or meant to kind of like bury someone emotionally. The words themselves don't have meaning. It's the meaning that we associate behind them. Kind of like with the first one, I love you, whether that's coming to you from somebody that you want to hear those words from, or it's coming to you from somebody that, like, you were the last person on the world, uh, you've been following me around the block, and now you say these words to me, I love you, like, maybe not. Like, that would be, that's not bringing me joy in my life. These words carry meaning because of what is behind them. And so uh, Jesus talks about this in the New Testament. Jesus says a lot of different things about words, but one of my favorite things about words that Jesus says, about powerful words particularly, is this. Jesus says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Jesus is saying is the stuff that you've got going on in here, in your mind, in your heart, in your gut, that's the stuff that comes out, and this isn't like a prescription, like this is what happens when you blank. This is just a description of what is happening in your life. Like your words that flow out of you can be a clue often to what's happening inside of you. I don't know if this has ever happened for you, but this happens to me all the time, particularly here at Revive. I say things all the time, and then I'm like, I don't know where that came from. Like where did that come from? Like last week, I think I talked about poop jokes like three times. That was not planned. None of that was planned. And I was like, Jamie, get a lid on this whole entire situation. It was kind of spiraling out of control. Uh, what you say flows from what is in your heart. I am immature at best. <laughs> uh, but, but Jesus is giving us a clue here. When you realize the things that are coming out of you maybe aren't in alignment with your values or what you want to offer to the world or just catch you by surprise, either because of their grace or because of their ne negativity, Jesus is giving us a clue here to pay attention to the things that are going on in our interior world. I found this fascinating, uh, this little 150 WPM that you can see down here on the bottom of the slide. If you are presenting like I am right now or if you are in like a conversation where you're explaining something, Generally speaking, on average, we say 150 words per minute. If you talk for five minutes straight telling a story, that's a lot of words. Uh, and maybe you're like, yeah, that energy vampire that caught me at my desk today talked for 10 minutes, so that's like really a lot of words. The words that, that come out of us, we don't even often think about exactly the, every single word that we say, there's often not intention behind every word that we say, but our words, what we say and how we say it and the meaning behind our words carries a lot of weight and there's a lot of words that we say. 
Uh, and so what I want to do tonight, um, as we're looking at words, as we're looking at the power of all of them, I want to get a little bit meta for a moment and kind of like pull up beyond the specifics of our words, which is something that we're going to talk about later in this series. But I want to kind of zoom in or zoom out a little bit and look at how do we think about words and then particularly how does Jesus think about our words and how do we think about words like Jesus thinks about words. So when you think about all of that, it's kind of like this viral video that I've kept seeing online or videos like this. I invite you to, as we watch this uh, short clip, just to think about the layers of meaning behind the power of words. Take a look. It keeps going and going and going. But when I think about words, this is the sort of thing that I think about, like how our words that have power lead to other words that come out of other people. But it's not just about the layers of what's in our words. One of the things we're also gonna take a look at, what are the layers in the word of God and how the word of God brings power and brings life to all of us. So we're gonna go back to the very beginning of scripture. Uh, many of you who might be familiar with uh, the Bible know that the very first book of the Bible is Genesis, uh, which means beginnings or origins. And the very beginning of Genesis begins like this. Uh, these are familiar words for many people who grew up around the church. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then what did God do to create? God spoke. So uh, in the first day, according to Genesis 1, God says, let there be light. And there was light. And then the next day, God said, let there be a distance between the waters below and the sky above, or whatever it was that came on day two. Uh, and, and God goes in this rhythm of saying these things, of speaking, and then it happened, which is kind of mind-boggling to me. Like, I can say to Siri, I'm not gonna say it right now because I feel like she'll actually do it and now she's probably listening already, but I can say things to like my Siri or Google or whatever and they'll do things. But there are things like I might try to control the lights that don't have like a smart outlet or whatever and that doesn't happen. Um, actually, production, if you wouldn't mind, can you just turn all of the lights off in all of here? Yeah, okay. We're gonna try a little experiment. On the count of three, I invite you to say, let there be light, and we're just gonna see what happens. Here we go. One, two, three. Let there be light. Maybe it's on a delay. <laughs> Let's try again a little bit louder. One, two, three. Let there be light. Oh, Nat, okay. Okay, now, but what happens when God says, <laughs> Let there be light. When God says, let there be light, and God says, let there be light. Whoa. Whoa, it's magic. <laughs> so the... <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> 
as men do it again. <laughs> Don't encourage me. <laughs> there are many things that I can say, and then there is an outcome or a consequence or whatever. <laughs> but I cannot speak things around me into existence. God's words have power. When God speaks, these things happen. And so when we look at the origin of words, this is where words originate from. This is fascinating to me. I hadn't really thought about it this specific way before, before I was wrapping my head around this message for tonight in words, but God could have easily snapped. God could have easily snapped things into existence or like waved a magic wand things into existence or farted things into existence or whatever, right? Like God could have done anything to, I'm so sorry. God could have done anything to bring things into existence, but God chose to speak. I don't, I don't know exactly why, but I imagine it's because words are powerful and God knows that words are powerful and in the act of bringing things to life through speaking, God is also creating the power of the words that come out of our mouths and the words that come from these places that are inside of us. Um, we can observe people's behavior, we can observe people to get to know them, but you don't really actually get to know anyone until they open their mouth and you begin to have a conversation and you begin to speak, which is just fascinating to think about this power that is ultimate that comes from God. And the first thing that God does when God creates, God could have done anything in any specific order. And there's a different order in Genesis chapter two, which is really fascinating. Um, but in this uh, chapter one, where God is creating, the very first thing that God creates is light. Now, this is fascinating. Many of you saw this picture that got uh, released from NASA on July 11th, a couple weeks ago, but this is a photo that made its rounds on the internet from the James Webb Space Telescope. And this telescope is incredibly powerful. It's way more powerful than the Hubble telescope, which is previous to this telescope, um, the, our window into the galaxies to see what's happening um, beyond Earth. And so this picture, uh, is fascinating because if you imagine holding a tiny grain of sand in an arm's length, everybody imagine you're holding a grain of sand and put it out in front of your eye and squint. <laughs> you all look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> if you imagine what amount of sky or building is blocked by that grain of sand being held at an arm's length, this is what that is blocking. It is just, this is just a grain of sand's worth of things that we can see in this telescope. I invite you to just soak this in. The longer I look at this, the more I see different things. The incredible nature of, of, of what these lights represent, of what, what we see here means and what this is showing to us. The thing about this photo is that almost every object that you can see here behind the tiny one grain of sand, every object is a galaxy. And uh, according to this article from um, NASA that I was reading about this, the very faintest, smallest blips of light in this photo are images of galaxies as they existed more than 13 billion years ago, near the very beginning of time. That light has been traveling through space ever since. 
Now, however, wherever you fall in terms of like creation and timeline of creation, whether the earth is young, whether the earth is old, whatever, what is being communicated to us here by the world's leading sky scientists is that this is the oldest light that we have ever seen. Can you imagine how wild it would be to know that this is the light that God spoke into being in the very beginning? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I was looking at this photo today and it actually kind of got like goosies and a little like leaky eyes and I was like, Jamie, pull yourself together. (laughs) Just look at it. But this is incredible. When God said, let there be light, I don't know how many of of these galaxies sprang into existence, but this is the power that comes through the words of God. When God speaks, incredible things happen. Wild things happened. Galaxies and universes come into being. And that is something that I wonder for you, when you stop to think about the awesome nature of the power of God's words, how often have you just stopped to breathe that in? To wonder at that? To stoke the fires of a sense of awe, of the power of this God who creates all of these things? So God's word has power. In Isaiah chapter 55, the prophet writes um, God as saying, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same thing with my word, God says. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I sent. I can try to have my words go out into the earth, but certainly they don't always accomplish everything that I want them to, and they don't always produce fruit, particularly the fart jokes. <laughs> and so, oh man, I'm going two weeks in a row. I need to stop myself. Okay, uh, but, but so this is Old Testament. There's a ton more about the word and the power of God, but I want to fast forward us all the way to the New Testament. The New Testament begins with four gospels. Say them with me if you know them. The four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John begins with three very choice words. It's not I love you, but they're similarly in, uh, in biblical language, they carry about just as much weight. The words that that John begins his gospel with are, in the beginning. This is connected to something much bigger than just John introducing you to Jesus. John is saying to a Jewish audience who's very familiar with the beginning, the first three words of all of the Hebrew scriptures, John is saying, in the beginning, something happened, and what I'm about to tell you about Jesus is connected to this thing that you have heard about for centuries, this story that is embedded in our family tree that children hear about at night before they go to bed that anybody who went to school studied and learned and memorized. So then John continues, in the beginning, the word already existed. And before I read any of this, um, the thing that's fascinating about John chapter one is the complexities that are written into this are like, 
almost as complex as the picture that we just saw. The complexity is not only of the Greek language, but also of the theology um, that's not just like Greek and Roman theology of the day, but also Hebrew theology that's been known for centuries is all bound up in this. It is like beyond Shakespearean in its complexity. And if you compare any English translations, you'll notice some major differences. And that is because there are parts of this, of this that can be really hard to translate. So John is doing a number of things in this masterpiece of an introductory poem about what is happening in the beginning and how it relates to Jesus. So John says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Now we can think like, well, if I'm with Jacob, we got breakfast with some people this morning, we're with one another, but how could we be the same thing? Like that doesn't make sense. There are layers to this, incredible layers to this. What John is saying, beyond the layers, we're like zooming out here, is that this is a both and. The word was with God, the word was God. He, so now there's a pronoun associated with this word. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. This light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. What John is saying in this masterpiece, this masterpiece that is as complex as the galaxy photo that we just saw, is that if you want to get to know who God is, look at God's word, but not just the spoken words of God and how that introduces us to this character in this story, but how we get to know God through this person of Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the word. He continues later on in this same chapter, so the word became human and made his home among us. It was full of, he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. When you say something, when I say something, like my words come from my brain or wherever it is that my words come from, right? Like my words come from somewhere, but once I say these words, like they are, they are in some way both connected to me and separate from me. These words could be taken and twisted and used against me. These words could be miswritten or misunderstood. These words are of me, but they are still somehow like representative of me, but then also separate than me. What John is saying in all of this is that God's word was so powerful that it didn't just create things, it became a human. And this human came and was full of, un well, both human and divine. Um, want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to say Jesus is just a human. Uh, don't email me about heresy, or you can if we want. Uh, <laughs> we can have a good conversation about it. Jesus, this God incarnate, was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And what John is saying to you and to me and to anybody who would read this book, both who understands Hebrew literature and Hebrew theology and also Greek and Roman mythology, that this God from the beginning has become human. Eugene Peterson translates this as God entered the neighborhood and God came and lived among us. This God from the beginning has become human so we can meet this God who not only speaks life, but who also is life. And so there's some really intentional threads that are being sewn together here between Old Testament, Genesis, creation, this word of God that is not just on a page, but is living and active. And so what John writes, um, so the first line here is from the book of Genesis. Then God said, let there be light. There was light. 
John doesn't just stop at how this word became flesh and lived among us. This word also does other things. Jesus, the word of God, does these things. John writes, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light, light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Like 13 billion year old light that is still traveling through time and space. This light that has come into the world is so incredibly powerful. This word brings life, this life brings light, and this light can never be extinguished or overpowered. The darkness cannot do anything to the light. And so I wonder what words, coming back to then words, have maybe been said to you lately that have brought light. Or what words that have been said to you lately that caused you to fall into a tailspin of a dark place or a place that feels negative or a place that you don't want to be. N.T. Wright, Richard is here. N.T. Wright, this is just for you. N.T. Wright writes, the word, uh, speaking about Jesus here, challenged the darkness before creation and now challenges the darkness that is found tragically within creation itself. The word is bringing into being new creation in which God says once more, let there be light. This God who said, let there be light in the beginning, whose word, who does not come back empty but accomplishes everything the word sets out to do, this word become human, continues to say to all of you and all of us in the darkness of our lives, let there be light. Let there be light in the dark places of your life, of the, the, the things that you have going on inside of you that haven't seen the light of day for a while, that haven't been brought um, into the light, into conversation. God is saying to all of you, regardless of where you find yourselves, let there be light in your life, and this light is me. I bring life and I bring love to you. So this God that spoke life in the beginning and became word in flesh still speaks life into your life today. And the other thing that God promises is that intrinsically in that, the darkness flees because it cannot overcome light. Have you ever been in a dark room in the morning or whatever, like you have these like light blocking curtains or something and you throw open the curtains and light comes in? Like there is nothing that darkness can ever do to minimize light. Light always dominates. Like there's nothing that you can do to bring darkness to light that darkness would ever win. Like it, it doesn't work that way. All darkness flees in the presence of the Spirit of God and in the presence of Jesus and the presence of God the Father. And the thing about this that is wild to me is that God not only sends God's word out into the universe, that God not only became human and came and dwelt among us, and then God sends spirit, but God also gives this light to you and to me. Jesus says this in his very first Sermon on the Mount. This is from the Message Translation because I love it so much. Jesus says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. But it's not just the light on your own. Like, you're not the sun, you are the moon. You reflect the light of this bigger being. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. If I make you a light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. 
By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So you get to bear this light to other people. Whether or not you feel like you've got the skills for that, or the vibes for that, or the like ambiance for that, or the, um, the motivation for that, God says you can, because I say you can. And the thing about this that blows my mind is that even Jesus, who was the word of God, needed to hear this same word too. When Jesus was baptized at the very, very beginning of his ministry, before any ministry had taken place, um, if you're familiar with this story, Jesus had entered the river, uh, the Jordan River, and his cousin was gonna baptize him. And the heavens parted, and the voice of God descended like a dove, and this voice says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Jesus was the word, but also still needed to hear this word. So if you feel discouraged, if you feel like you have a lack of these good words in your life, you're not alone. Jesus needs to hear these words too. And the thing that also blows my mind about this is that God did not say these words to Jesus after Jesus accomplished his ministry or after Jesus did a miracle, after Jesus fed the 5,000, God wasn't like, pew, 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 oh my gosh, this is incredible, you are my beloved, you have done the thing. <laughs> like God doesn't say any of that after Jesus completes anything. So for all of us who are struggling with like a hustle mindset, <laughs> this is really good. Uh, for anybody, this is really good. Before Jesus did anything, anything, God says, you are mine. You are my beloved, I, I adore you, I dearly love you, you bring me great joy. And the good news, some of the good news is that God says that to all of God's kids. God says this to you, God says this to me. You are my kid that I adore, I love doing life with you. You bring me great joy, not because of anything you do, not because of anything you've done, but because you're you. This is the light that comes to us through God's love. This is the life that comes to us through the word of God. And I wonder where you find yourself in needing powerful words from God today. Like maybe you feel a little dry. Maybe you feel a little dry because of a situation. Maybe you feel a little dry because your rhythms are off. Uh, because it's summer and with all the, the funness of summer, maybe any spiritual disciplines or practices or things that you just do in routines are a little bit out of whack or different. For whatever reason, maybe uh, you find yourself feeling dry and you find yourself saying, I need this word. I want you to know that this word is for you, that God can speak light into all areas of your life. God can illuminate the things that you're wondering about. God can bring newness and new creation to the places that feel dead, that feel over, that feel like in the rear view mirror, but maybe you find yourself in a place like, I feel really good. You get to be the lantern and the light bearer that brings this light to somebody around you. I invite you to consider who around you in your life, maybe a person who sits next to you at work, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, I don't know who it might be, somebody that you see in your weekly life. Who's somebody around you who needs to hear a word of hope? Because Jesus promises to be present with you and to do life with you and to give you the words to say and to be the light, to be the sun, that you only need to be the moon to just be in the orbit that you are 
and do the thing that you were made to do and called to do. And by doing that thing, you automatically reflect the light of God into the world around you. So hear these words to you, regardless of where you find yourself tonight. These are all words that are just copy and paste straight out of scripture. I didn't put the verses, because uh, I just wanted you to just see them apart from references. These are the words that bring power and light and life to all of us through God's word in the Old Testament, through God's word who is Jesus in the New Testament. God says, you are my beloved. I will never leave you or forsake you. Hope in me and I will renew your strength. I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest, Jesus says. My love shall not. In the Hebrew language, there's a couple different ways of saying like not, like not now, but then also not ever. This is the not ever. My love shall not depart from you. It sticks to you. God, when you speak, things happen. Jesus, when you say, this bread is my body and it's broken for you, you mean it, you lived it. When you say that this cup represents a new covenant, a new thing that you're doing, that it's for the forgiveness of sins, you mean it, you lived it. God, when you say that in this gift you are present, that you are present to us, help us to experience it. Help us to experience your presence, your love, your mercy, your word. God, where we feel dry, help us to feel your life and your light. Let your words breathe your spirit into us. And where you are calling us to share this light, God, make it obvious. Help us to be really great full moons. <laughs> and where we're just a sliver of a moon too, help us to know that that is doing what you want it to be, what you want it to do. God, help us to love you more as we soak in your word. Give us motivation to continue to read your word, to soak in your word, to walk with the word. God, renew us. Fill us again with your life and your light and your joy. Strengthen us where we feel weak and clothe us with your light. Breathe us your life. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and all God's kids said, amen. I invite you to stand and let's say our table grace together. It's the words of the Lord's Prayer, uh, which will be here on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. 
And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts. <laughs>